What's up, everybody? How's it going? Welcome to the Pure Worship Podcast, where our number one passion is helping you walk close with God. I'm your host, Jeff Dio, and it's my mission in life to do whatever I can to help you embrace the wonder of developing an authentic friendship with God. That's right, to know Him and make Him known. These are the two most important things in life. And if you pour yourself into getting to know God, it will transform your ability to make Him known. In fact, spending more time alone with God is going to improve every area of your life, including your family, your finances, your job, and certainly your eternity. So plan to join us each Tuesday as we grow in our ability to engage with God in our everyday lives. Today on the Pure Worship Podcast, we turn the tables as I interview Josh about the ministry he serves in called Revive Minnesota in an episode entitled Time to Revive. Isn't it crazy how paralyzed we often become when someone mentions the idea of sharing the gospel? It's like there's nothing we fear more than opening our mouths to talk to a friend, a neighbor, or a stranger about the one we love so much, about the one who has saved our souls, about the one who is the source of life, hope, joy, love. Trust me, I get it. There have been many times when I've done just about anything and everything I could to avoid talking to someone about Jesus, even when I knew the Holy Spirit was leading me. We've discussed many times on the podcast that we have to do two things in life. They're the two most important things, to love God and to love people, or to know God and to make Him known. And yet we make up all sorts of excuses to avoid sharing the gospel. Too busy, too afraid, too unknowledgeable about the Bible, or my favorite, too committed to relationship evangelism to risk pushing them away by saying the word Jesus. In today's podcast, Josh shares his story about how God transformed his life, helping him move from being petrified of sharing the gospel to making it a huge part of his everyday life. A couple things to expect. Josh shares some inspiring stories about the way God has moved powerfully when he and others have stepped out in faith to talk to them about God. And we talk about the incredible training and witnessing opportunities Time to Revive provides for people all over the world. All right, let's pray and we'll jump into it. Heavenly Father, you are incredible. You are beautiful. You are beyond our imagination and we trust you today. Thank you for the amazing task you've given us in preaching the message of your son so that others would be made free. Give us courage today to embrace your call in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's not wait another second to get into this Tuesday's Pure Worship Podcast entitled Time to Revive. All right, guys, how's it going? What's up, what's up? How you doing, Josh? I'm doing very good, Jeff. <laughs> I'm doing very good. I'm yes. having difficulty controlling the volume of my voice. Uh, let me get back behind you there and turn that volume knob down there, buddy. Okay, I'm doing good. Uh, Wouldn't it be better. awesome if, if you just kind of talked in that <laughs> monotone? Yes, yeah. it's me. <laughs> Hello, Jeff. I'm so excited to be on the Pure Worship Podcast. Yeah. I, I, feel, I feel that. Yeah, that's, that'd be great if we were both talking like that the entire time. I, I could see where people would really want to tune in. Oh, and, uh, man. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good. So, hey, man, um, here we are on the Pure Worship Podcast, and we're going to do something a little new, man, a little yeah. different. 
Uh, we've been, you know, walking through my book, yep. Awakening Pure Worship. Uh, and that's been fun. It's been good. And we'll probably, you know, bounce around with some different things, maybe back to that a little bit here and there. But one of the things that I've had in my heart to do for a while was to just take a whole podcast and talk about the ministry that God's called you to, Josh. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's even even in the way that that ministry has been a part of bringing us together. Yep. Uh, so it's kind of fun, some stories here. And really also just if you're listening, thinking, oh, this is kind of a side, uh, you know, a side note podcast or whatever. It's not really, I mean, this is... Maybe, maybe you're out there and you've got this missions heart. You're like, man, I love to worship God. I, I, I love to, to be in a secret place. I've been listening to all the podcasts, really resounding with you guys on everything you're talking about. But man, I just have such a heart now to take what God's been doing in my secret place to tell the world. Yes. You know? And so that I think is going to be something you're going to love because whether you have a passion for that or you want to have a passion for that, Mm. and that might be where all of us sit in there somewhere, you know, maybe you don't have a passion for it, honestly, for missions, uh, but you want to. Mm. Uh, You don't even know where to start. Uh, Maybe maybe this is uh, something that could be a real encouragement to you Mm -hmm. uh, as, as you hear some of the stories and test testimonies and things that Josh is going to be sharing. So, uh, and yeah, man, it's not yeah. just missions too. I totally. mean, if, if you have a heart, cause really, man, this is what I'm taking away from awakening pure worship, the, the book and everything. It really kind of comes down to pure worship is really obedience. Pure worship yeah. is pursuing Christ. Yep. And here's the deal. There's a lot of people listening to this podcast who aren't musicians. Like yes. Jeff alluded to, they're not worship leaders. And maybe sometimes, you know, sometimes you feel a little bit like, oh, how does this really pertain to me? I'm telling you guys, if you'd walk away from one thing from this podcast today is worship, like the highest form of worship truly is obedience and yeah. walking out the call and destiny that God has put in you. And I just, Jeff, I just want to share my heart with yeah. that journey and that process of getting to where Absolutely. we are. And maybe we need to redefine that word yeah. missions or whatever, you know, it's, um, I don't know what's the best way to, to talk about that. You know, I mean, this, this is kind of like the extension. I see this as this, yeah. this life together with God where it's, you know, we've, we've talked about this before, but like knowing God and making him known Yes. or love God, love people. Yep. You know, and so... Or in one word, it, lifestyle. Yeah, yeah lifestyle. Like, sure. that's our goal is we yeah. want to raise up people who are doing this as it's, a lifestyle. It just seems like there's usually the kind of one or the other. Yeah. Right? Like, usually we gravitate toward one or the other. Oh, I want to do, I want to do the missions, I want to do the work of God. Or you find yourself, I just want to be with God. Mm-hmm. And maybe what we're saying here is that there's a both and of course it's a lifestyle right we're saying we want you to we want to walk with god alone in a private in a secret place really get close to god but we also want to walk with him every day in all the things that he's called us to do yep. which will absolutely through our work through our uh, travels through whatever else is going to hopefully touch the world intimacy is the fuel for mission yeah Intimacy with Jesus and loving on him and having this relationship in that secret place. That is the gas, so to speak, to put in the tank. That's going to, that is your life. That is intimacy turns into ministry. It turns into intimacy. It turns into ministry. It turns into intimacy. It's a reciprocating relationship. Yes, Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so we want to jump into this and just share a little bit about uh, Josh's ministry, which we'll start off by talking about time to revive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so what I want you to do, Josh, is just kind of talk to us about 
maybe the beginnings of all this, how you got into Time to Revive. Um, we can talk about some of the stuff that happened in Minnesota, Minneapolis, all that stuff. But yeah. just start sharing some stories here. Absolutely. A guy named Kyle Martin uh, out of Dallas, Texas, he and his wife, Laura, started this ministry in 2007. And man, it really came out of this desperation and a hunger to see God move in their own life. Yeah. As a response to him being in the secret place, he would go on these prayer walks and pray for apartment complexes in his neighborhood. Wow. And he's like, Lord, would you set Dallas completely on fire? Hmm. Now, at the same time, his little girl, uh, Maya, she was diagnosed with a rare blood disease that's, you know, it's a mile long. I can't even tell you sure, the, sure. The, the name of it. She got really sick. And so Kyle just began crying out to the Lord for healing for his little girl. Wow. And so what happened was he started to gather pastors and longing for, for revival and change as in the community, as well as for his own family with his little girl. So they gathered local pastors for 40 days, um, for the Dallas revival back in 2007. And they just called out to the Lord worship prayer. There was no evangelism or discipleship piece yet. Yeah. It was just literally like worship and prayer and preaching of the word in that 40 days. Uh, God really pulled through for his family. His little girl was miraculously touched by the wow. Lord in the tent uh, that they had gathered in uh, wow. right outside of Dallas Theological Seminary. Praise so, God, man. So what happened out of that, the Lord really just started breathing on the ministry. And uh, long story short, man, in 2014, this group out of Dallas, small little group, they came to the Twin Cities. And really, man, if you remember right, oh, yeah. I had met you before, but this was like kind of the time period that the Lord really started knitting our hearts together. Yeah. Um, and so 2014, they came for this thing called Revive Twin Cities. And I remember being at a, a local church here, a, a, a big suburban church. And there's I walk in and there's Jeff Dio sitting right there. And like, oh, I'm not going to drop a bunch of names, but oh, my hero is in like... <laughs> a lot of cool people. In there. the metro yeah. area, man, just yeah. a lot of really amazing men and women of God were at that meeting. And I'm kind of like, what am I doing here? But as I heard Kyle talk... Uh, just about the whole heart is to basically based on John 17 to bring the church together, the body, like, man, make them one Lord. Yes. And then the second part is Ephesians 4, 11, talking about, look, the reason why we have leadership gifts is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, right. for the building up of the body so that we could all reach maturity. So, wait, so you're saying Christ. that it's not so that just the really cool, popular leadership people can do all the work of the ministry? Look, I don't know about you, but I kind of, I kind of like my title of apostle. Yeah. I, yeah. I kind of want to plaque me. Do you? you know, prophet <laughs> Jeff oh. Did I say that? Hey, I just want to put this in a, a little a little sidebar here. Guys, we live in a day where none of that stuff really means a whole hill of beans. Yep. The reason why we have these 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 people, these pastors, these leaders, these apostles, the prophets, the evangelists and teachers, the reason why we have them is to equip us yeah. to get the church released and activated Let's into go. what they're called to do. All yeah. right. I mean, how much bigger is the ministry gonna be? If the only people doing ministry are those fivefold and it's not everybody else. We have this idea that the, the, the job of the lay people, the, the marketplace people, is to just bring people to church. If they'll bring them to church and everybody yes. else can do the ministry and get them saved. Yes. But that's not it, right? We're trying to equip people. Absolutely. I'm, I'm a, little, a little rabbit trail, right? But No, but it's, yeah. to, dude, and really that's what these guys were bringing. It's something that I think we as believers all know in the recesses of our minds. But it's really hard to translate because I think, honestly, Jeff, I think we set the local pastor up to fail. Mm -hmm. And it's really based off an old Testament priesthood thing, yes. you know, of like, yes. like let's, let's have the local pastor be the apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, <laughs> pastor, uh, uh, 
cook and bottle washer, you know, everything, you know, they're, they're the ones cleaning the bathrooms and everything. Guys, that is not how the church structure was supposed to be set up. And by the way, one of the top 10, um, burnout rates in American occupations is a local pastor guys. And this is why is because we're putting so much on these pastors instead of releasing the pastors to equip us to do the work. And it goes both ways because the, the lay folks, uh, the marketplace people, they're not doing their fair share of the work, but a lot of times the pastors also buy into this mentality. You got it, man. And they actually feel like it's, it's, it's an identity factor, right? Yeah. They say, well, this is my role. This is my job. And so they actually take it on themselves and allow themselves to be burnt out. So it's this two-way street that has got to be flipped. We've got to have the leadership that's saying, hey, this is not my role. My role is actually to equip you yes. to do the work of the ministry. And then we'll all go out and do the work of the ministry together. Yep. Uh, and then the the body of Christ has to become a part of that yes. and own it and say, okay, it's not my job just to pay the pastor so he can go do the work of the ministry. Yeah, <laughs> Our job, yes, we're going to fund ministry, but I'm also going to be involved in ministry myself. Correct. The lay person, the pastor, the teacher, the leader, all those folks. So and really, good. man, it becomes a dysfunctional relationship. Yes. What, you, what you said, man, if you're a pastor listening to this, I understand your heart to shepherd And it's not only your heart, it's a calling, it's a mandate from the Lord. This is why you are on the earth. It's to shepherd the people of God. But what happens in with any gifting man, I don't care if you're a prophet or apostle, when, when your heart for compassion and your heart for shepherding and leading people to green pastures, when that flips and becomes a spirit of control, man, the the enemy's so crafty and he'll sneak in. And this is the epidemic in the American church where the pastors are not, not only is too much put on them, but like you said, man, they are putting um, too much on themselves too. (laughs) They're embracing. They are carrying a load that they are never, they were were never never meant meant to, to, nor were they never meant to control that either. Yes, exactly. Shepherds lead the people over the mountain and say, hey, there's a stream of living water down there. There's green pastures. I'm going to lead you over there. Not you stay here. You eat this grass. Like it's, it's meant to be a a beautiful relationship. So it's good. And that's why, uh, when I love this ministry, right? I mean, that's why man sitting in that church, you know, when you were there, I was like, wait, what you, you want to unite the churches and get over the, the little piddly like comparison match that we fight over th- over little doctrines that yep. while the world's going to hell yeah and we're like, fighting about stuff and then nobody else is getting ministered to right because we're so territorial totally so you want to unite the body oh and then you want to equip the people and not just talk about it yeah but now jeff this is what this is what got me these cats out of dallas are like we're not only going to do that but we're going to actually hold your hand hmm. and we're going to jump off the cliff, so to speak, wow. together. They're not just going to push you off. And you go do it by yourself. We're going tandem parachute, brother. Wow. And so that's what was so amazing. These guys' faith, they just jumped off the cliff with us. And uh, the, the whole dream was to see 10,000 laborers go out and share the gospel on the streets of North Minneapolis, right at a wow. very volatile time, right at the height of Black Lives Matter movement and everything wow. like that. It was just a weird time for so the like body. To send anybody and everybody like you don't yeah. have to be like an official missionary right to go out on the street and share the gospel you're talking about just people like plumbers and and air pilots and anybody who and pancake flippers man pancake like ev- flippers. Ev- everybody everybody anybody and everybody yeah wow yeah. and so during that week man as you remember we had uh several thousand people i think at one time uh we had 8500 people out yep. um 
back behind Shiloh Temple, man, yes. in Northeast Minneapolis. Oh and my we goodness. saw a move of God, and uh, it was it was just unbelievable. Well, so. and I remember, you know, for me, again, you, you mentioned that first meeting that we were at, some planning meetings and stuff. Uh, I wasn't really that involved in like any detailed planning things. But, you know, they had invited me to come and I was excited about the possibilities and all that. But for me, Josh, it was super personal. Yeah. Because I was right in this moment in my life. I have uh, four children, you know, Roman, Evan, Channing, Clara. So this is 2014. So five years ago, four and a half years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, So my kids are like 12, 11, uh, four, and two. Yeah. Okay. So I got small kids and I was in this place where I was like, God, I just want to... I want to raise my kids in an environment where they don't feel it's odd that we're sharing the gospel. Right. I just want it to be normal. I want them to to do it so much in their growing up years that when they become adults, it's not like this, well, we uh, went on a missions trip once every 10 years to share the gospel. And I mean, you know, or, or, or if somebody came to them on an airplane and wanted to know, they wouldn't have a clue what mm-hmm. to say. Yep. I wanted sharing the gospel as odd as it can be sometimes to share the gospel with a stranger and as beautiful as it can be to share the gospel with a stranger or with someone, your neighbor down the street. I wanted them to grow up with that. And I realized that if that was going to happen, you kind of backtrack. I I saw the end goal. I wanted them to be people who were, who who grew up sharing the gospel in everyday life. It wasn't just a one-time event. Mm. Uh, So if I, if I want to, get to that goal, I backed up and said, well, we're going to have to start sharing the gospel. I mean, we have to start putting them in positions where we're doing this. Right. And so this thing called Revive Twin Cities started happening. I'm like, hey, they're training people yeah. to share the gospel and we're actually going to not just talk about it. Yeah. We're actually going to go out we'll and do it. do it. Yeah. That's scary, but exciting. Right. You know, it's so exciting. So, so that's kind of how I, I was like, wow, I was really excited. I was like, Hey, I'm going to get my family involved in this. And so we were pumped and we were there with you guys that week, the summer of 2014. It was awesome, man. Now, Jeff, I got to confess something. So <laughs> please, <laughs> number one, with this time to revive ministry, uh, which has now grown and taken different forms and it's, it's amazing. We'll get to that. But, uh, for me, man, I got into this almost a little selfishly. Sure. Because I heard in my flesh, ooh, 10,000 yeah, people are big gathering. gathering. Ooh, I get, worship. I, get, I get to be a worship leader. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Like, look at, and it was like over and over, the Lord was like, no, this isn't about you. This is what I'm trying to release. I'm releasing a new song over the Twin Cities. Yep. And so then what we started doing, we started meeting at North Central University. We yeah. started uh, Nuts, in, in the... In the, uh, the Anderson Chapel, what's yeah. now the Anderson Chapel, the smaller chapel. Right. So we're in the small chapel at NCU. And, and I remember just pouring out our guts in, in worship. And it was just so, so beautiful. But man... I, and raw, too. It was, it very, was raw. very raw. Like a there guitar, was, there's no sound no system. No sound system or anything. <laughs> Not that and, there wasn't a sound system, but we just didn't plug in. Right. <laughs> and... Uh, it was just wild, man. But here's the thing. Even coming up into that outreach week, I only went out on a couple teams. Just so you guys know, when we gather the people, we actually send groups of four out, you know, sometimes three, sometimes five, but mainly four people to go out just to provide some accountability and protection and that some, kind of thing. Some of the best training, though, yeah. that I've been around. And I yeah. have literally, Josh, I mean, you know, I have heard some of the best speakers yeah. around the world, all these different events that I've been to. And I've yeah. heard so many people talking about evangelism and training, all this stuff. But honestly, what Kyle was bringing 
uh, man, it really just simplified Very everything simple. for me. And yep. it was like, okay, we can do this. He yep. he took the, I don't know, the craziness out of it. Um, the, the weird, yeah, the, just the weird yeah, awkwardness. Yeah, yeah the yep. fear out of it yep. too. I mean, I, just real quick, I'll share one of the things that really touched my life is when he's talking about the person of peace mm-hmm. from Luke chapter 10 and how, you know, some people are prepared to hear the gospel and some people aren't right now. Everybody's yep. in a different phase in their life, whatever God's preparing. And there's some that are really ripe right now, ready to hear. And all you're doing is looking for those people. Yeah. I, it's like you almost take on this thing. Like it's my responsibility to win this person to Christ. Right. And I mean, through Kyle's teaching and time to revive and all that stuff, the pressure just came off. If we're going to be rejected. I mean, people are going to say no. Jesus yes. said that, Hey, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. Yep. So it was like, all we're looking for is a person of peace. If we said to somebody, hey, can we pray with you? Or hey, can we share something with you? And they said, no, never mind. We don't want to, you know. Yeah. Said, okay, cool. Have a great day. And you move on to the next person. At some point along the way, you find somebody that God has been preparing and they want to hear. Can you imagine it? What if the pressure of success in sharing the gospel was on God instead of us? What if we just needed to learn to follow the leading of the Spirit to open our mouths when the time was right? What if we stopped worrying so much about people rejecting us, understanding that this is part of what we can expect as believers in Jesus? What if we also became a little addicted to the idea that God is preparing people right now who actually want to hear the message? of the gospel and we get the joy of searching them out much like we would search for a hidden treasure exciting right what if god is actually calling you right now to get equipped to stop making excuses to join with time to revive to make sharing the gospel a part of your everyday life something you will do with your wife and your kids watching and looking for people who jesus is preparing to hear and receive the truth okay i shared this last week on the podcast but i wanted to make sure you didn't miss it. My publisher, Destiny Image, has just released my brand new Awakening Pure Worship video course. We've worked really hard to pack most of the deepest truths from the book in a format that makes it easy to share with small groups, worship teams, and anyone ready to grow closer to God. Check out my Facebook page or my Instagram for more info. All right, as we get back to the conversation, Josh elaborates on how God moved him from fear to faith when it comes to sharing the gospel. Plus, he shares some insane stories of meeting people and talking with them about Jesus in the everyday moments of life. So strap in tight as we charge back into the Pure Worship Podcast. Yes, it's just been just a huge breakthrough for me and my family. Yep. Now, my confession to you, brother, is when I was doing that week of outreach in the Twin Cities, I was really scared and petrified to go out. In fact, I didn't do it a whole lot. And even after the outreach, man, I always said it like this, like I'm scared of lost people. (laughs) So the idea, guys, you got, this is for somebody out there. Look, guys, I'm a church boy. I I feel like I've been called to be a priest in the house of the Lord. I feel like God has raised me up to be a worshiper, to encourage the body and to equip the saints. I got to tell you guys, even my heart today, it doesn't. The reason why I'm doing this stuff is not for the lost. There, I said it. Oh, yeah. I just I said it, you, Jeff. You. Because you're in Ephesians 4.11. Yes. You're there. Your main calling 
is to equip the body of Christ to do the work of the ministry. Right. So I so I do go out, and that's why I do share the gospel, mm-hmm. is because I want to see the body of Christ step into their full potential. You know, Paul tells Timothy, he says, do the work of an evangelist, Pastor Timothy. Yeah. And man, I was really, I loved working at my church, Lighthouse and Rosemount, man, and I... I loved being there and shout out to Pastor Bill. Bill Goodwin, what's up? Bill Goodwin, let's go. Um, But I never took it to that next step and actually got intentional about sharing the gospel. And dude, 10 years of serving it. Um, Did it ever happen? Yes, it did. But I wasn't intentional. I I didn't do it because I didn't have a plan to. And I think the beauty of what we're trying to do is we're trying to give people a really simple way, a simple plan of, of sharing the gospel and not only doing that, but following up with them and making a disciple relationship out of it. That's our goal. And we're seeing it happen. Well, and for me, it actually has turned into, I I shared this with you before we started the podcast. Our family hasn't arrived. We haven't got it all worked out, but it turned into like, we bought a bunch of the Bibles, like a ton of them. Yeah. And we bought a bunch, got a bunch of the bracelets. And then we would still, after that event was over, because that's the thing. We don't want this just to be an event, mm. right? After the event was over, now you guys would have monthly gatherings and we would go and be a part of some of those as well. Yep. We would go to the Burnsville Mall. We'd mm-hmm. go to the Mall of America. But then sometimes our family would just go out by ourselves. Like we would actually take like every other time. Then it was us just going out. We were like, hey, I took my kids out. You know, that's the point, man. Right. That's the whole point of what we're trying to do is yep. not just to add one more uh, spiritual religious activity to your life. Yep. It's... It's literally, man, when you go out, you have one ear toward heaven and one ear yes. in the conversation. And that's the thing, too. That I, I mentioned this to you before, but I'm, we're still working on this, too. So we moved from, okay, it's an event. Yeah. To now we're actually doing it on our own. Mm-hmm. But then the last step is getting it to the point where it's actually a part of everyday life and not just something that we plan. Like we would plan it. We would say, hey, this weekend, family, let's go to the Mall of America and we're yep. going to share the gospel. Yep. And my kids would moan and gripe about it. And yeah. I would be petrified at the same time. We would go do it and we'd all have an incredible time and talk about it all the way home. You know, yeah. it'd be amazing. But then to be actually just like, hey, I got to go to Target and I, I happen to be shopping. And then I run into somebody and I wasn't even thinking about sharing the gospel. Now it becomes a part of my life. So we're still in that process of trying to get to that point where it becomes real in everyday life on the plane, walking down the street, wherever I am. And we're not promoting, Hey, have horrible boundaries and you can't even go on vacation. And yeah. like, dude, we, we want parents to be present with their kids. Make yeah, no mistake. Absolutely. The whole goal just be is, aware, though. is just like have an awareness. That's yes. it's just a, another yeah. reason why people don't share the gospel. They don't have a plan to, and they're just unaware and kind of oblivious to the supernatural yeah. that's around them. Yes. And when you're at a restaurant with your family, obviously you want to be engaged with your family. Totally. But there, there's moments then that'll be such incredible teaching moments for yeah. your kids to see you engage with the waiter or engage, engage with the server. And you know, sometimes we'll we'll we have all our little techniques that we use or whatever. We'll ask something like. Uh, to the server say hey as you're walking around can we just ask you a question I want you to think about this question what's what's the best thing that's ever happened in your life yeah and they kind of look at you funny like what you know yeah. like yeah like you don't have to but if you think about it come back and tell us later you know after you're doing some work around you know yep. and of course that the idea of that is to get them to come back and tell you what was the best thing that ever happened in their life and then maybe if the time seems right or whatever you're not interrupting their shift or whatever then I could share well what the best thing that ever happened in my life was you yeah. know that type of stuff so. 
I'll take a break from the story here. Sure. And I know, you know, we're kind of, yeah, we, we're kind of, we kind of got off on another, <laughs> but if I could, I just want to tell a couple stories. Yeah. Well, first off, Please. Jeff, I was with you a couple months ago. We were at Chick-fil-A in yeah. Burnsville, Minnesota. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So delicious. Come on, man. Chick-fil-A. And we were like just meeting and hanging out. But then this, this girl was, uh, next to us and yes. man, we had like almost like a deliverance session oh, man, with this, this one girl named Caroline. And I, we, I had engaged her about a month previous, got to pray for her. She's sitting at the booth bawling, encountering the Holy spirit. It was a powerful time. So then she was sitting with this other gal, uh, Danielle, and, and she introduced us and we just asked the one question, man, what it was, how can we pray for you today? Yeah. And really guys, that's our approach is when we're out and about, we just say, Hey, yeah. uh, we're loving, we're listening, we're discerning and responding. And in the midst of that, we're just like, how can we pray for you? Yeah. And, we, and some people say, Oh no, thanks. No, thanks. I'm good. Yep. But, but then this gal, <laughs> she didn't say that. She says, what, <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't, I can't. Why are you asking? Like, I don't know if this is a good one. I can't believe you're asking me. Like, I'm like, are you going to shoot me with a yeah, gun or what? punch me in the face? Or uh, you look really nice. We're at Chick-fil-A, but you might kill me. Uh, <laughs> this and, is the Christian establishment, ma'am. But she just stood there. And yeah. so she's, I, we just, I just, just sit down with us. So she sabotaged our meeting. Yeah, And, totally. you know, like, yeah. I want to talk about some stuff. And Literally then, sat in the booth with us. She sat down <laughs> for a half hour-ish and we're just pouring into her and it I mean, all she just started crying almost oh my gosh right? man. and so she's unpacking and it, it was just this crazy divine uh thing but i want to tell just a couple stories about my kids man you talk about family and lifestyle this whole thing i gotta tell you man my favorite part of jumping in with this crazy group of folks is what what's happened to my kids mm. Um, I got Ezra, who's 11. I got Aiden, who's eight. And I got Josephine. She's going to yes. be six here in a month. And and I want to start off just a quick story about Josie. We were up in Bemidji, man. You came up to our outreach yes. uh, this, this summer. And um, and Jojo, we're just sitting in a car. Guys, a lot of times what I like to do, because I feel like in the fivefold, I function more prophetically. Yep. And what I like to do is equip and activate whoever's in my vehicle. Mm. And within this, the sphere of evangelism and outreach and prayer getting them hearing the voice of the father mm -hmm. and dude it's it's john 10 27 man my sheep hear yeah, my voice and they follow me they obey yeah. me yeah. and so what we did man i'll just share this real quick so well, i got my friend Brittany, uh, one of our worship leaders in the front seat she's driving i got my cousin jana to the to, to the next seat over got a teenage girl uh in the back i forgot her name and then i got josie and me and i just said let's just take 30 seconds and listen to the holy spirit lord where do you want us to go just give us a clue. If you don't, you know, I wasn't ramrodding or pushing it. I'm just like, but I really believe, man, yeah. that people hear from the Holy Spirit all the time, but they choke it down and thinking it's themselves. Yes. And I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. Like, or it freaks them out and they don't want to obey. Because I mean, I mean, we've all been there before. But don't you think in America, we have this thing with our imagination where we're oh, like, yeah. oh, uh, I guess my thoughts are not his thoughts right. and his ways are so much higher. <laughs> and we're like, dude, that couldn't have been him. <laughs> you know? Right. But the Lord desires to speak. Now, is every thought that pops into your head yeah. of the Lord? No. But the point is, is that God wants yeah. to speak. Yeah. So we're just sitting there and Brittany says, God, I just have kind of like this weird pain in my guts, but it's not really my guts. It's kind of like my, my uterus. Wow. And I'm like, Oh, well, that's weird. She said, well, maybe the Lord will have us pray for somebody with that kind of problem. Yeah. The next uh, girl, Jana, my cousin, she says, hey, I see this uh, this goth kid sitting by Paul and Babe, Baby Blue Ox, Paul Bunyan, these big statues <laughs> in, in Bemidji. Oh, yeah. And I said, okay, well, let's write it down. So Jana's the scribe. She's writing it yep. all down. 
my little Josie, not even six, she says, um, I see a girl with a ponytail and a tie-dye shirt uh, at Walmart. Oh, and I also see like a little hand reaching up to heaven. And I'm like, okay, you're psycho. <laughs> you're like, I got my kid. He's got issues. So we just write She's it all down. trying to play along, well, Josh. And, you know, dude, isn't that cute? Now, listen, <laughs> when we go out, it's always, oh, I feel like the Lord's saying for us to go to a McDonald's oh, and get yeah, an ice cream cone. Or I want to go to Walmart and get a toy. <laughs> so we go in, dude, I'm not kidding you. We go in the one, it's a super Walmart. We go in the left entrance and we're there not even 60 seconds. Yep. We get, to, we wrap around, come to this other entrance. And this woman walks in with a cart as she's pulling out her ponytail, tie-dye shirt, and she oh, comes right. up, and, and I, I said, me and Josie walk up to her, and I said, hey, ma'am, we're not psycho or anything, just, <laughs> but we're a group <laughs> Which of... Which really is helpful in the process. <laughs> but because they're like, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not psycho, I'm not it means I am psycho. Hey, no, but, I'm just kidding. But Jeff... <laughs> You're right. You're right. For me, I'm awkward anyway, so it worked to call out the awkwardness. I, I, and guys, I do the same thing. I want to encourage you with this. <laughs> Seriously, man. It. Like, yes. if it's awkward, just say, you "Hey, gotta say it." Yes. Don't, I'm not trying to be awkward yeah, or anything. Yeah. Just this, or, or I even say, I even say, "Hey, this might seem kind of weird that yeah. I would come tell you this, but I just gotta tell you this." You yeah. Know, something like that. So anyway, awkward situation. Yeah. And I just said. How can we pray for you? Look, we have this little sheet. These yeah. are some clues the Lord gave us today, and and you're kind of on our you're ticket. The and the, the cool thing is, in her on her tie dye shirt, in the upper left hand uh, corner of her shirt, there was a little yellow hand <laughs> reaching up like this. So Josie had it, and she said, "Oh my gosh, this is so weird." This morning, I rode the bus to work, and the bus driver asked me the same question. He said, what? "How can I pray for you today?" And I, she said, I think his name was like Pastor Tim or something. I'm like, oh yeah, Tim Pomp. He's one of our worship leaders for our outreach. What? So we're activating the body to start doing this. Bus drivers, pancake flippers, pilots, and exactly, you know, all this right? kind of stuff. And so um, I just said, well, well, what did you say? Like, what did, what did you, how'd you respond? And she said, well, I'm going in um, to the doctor tomorrow because uh, mm. I'm finding out if I'm able to have children because I have cysts on my ovaries. <laughs> And I'm like, okay. And I brought in the ladies and we just surrounded her and she just received ministry. Wow. She heard the gospel. Wow. She didn't drop to her knees and say, yes, Lord, yeah, I want to follow yeah, you. Yeah. But here's the deal, dude. We got to kind of demystify and take some yes. of the baggage off of evangelism. Dude, evangelism, it literally means to share the mm -hmm. good news. Yeah. You do your part. And I think yeah. that's why, dude, I didn't do it for so many years is because... I felt like I had to have some kind of reaction or some kind of response and whatever. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, Smith Wigglesworth, you hear how he jumped on a train and everybody in, in the whole thing would drop to their knees and confess right, their sin. Right, Guys, right. it hasn't happened to me. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't happen to you on a regular basis? Dang it. But I thought that happened to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> happens to Jeff Dio no, with his, oh, his no beard sad. walks no in sad. and it oh, commands. Yeah, the bearded fury. It's got the <laughs> anointing. <laughs> The anointing oil. Oh my <laughs> gosh. But anyway, to finish up that story, what, what was so powerful is she really received and, uh, Josie got a pair of flip flops and a dress and it was fantastic. Amazing. She was happy. We all walked away happy. Now the cool thing is on the way back to the tent, we were already running late. We were going to give testimonies and we drive past Paul and babe, the big yes. statues in Bemidji. Oh man. Not kidding you. There is a goth kid 
black dyed hair, black shirt, pasty white skin, sitting right by Paul. Yes. So anyway, that's what Jaina saw in her spirit. None of these people have ever been activated in a word of knowledge or a prophetic, anything like that. So it was just kind of cool to see this stuff. Regular folks. So what happened is... Me and you. Everybody. Everybody. It's not for the super elite people. This is just... So we we do a, we call it a revive U-turn. We go around and and we, we, we start chasing after this guy. So I get out of the car. One of the local pastors, Adam, he's like 300 pounds like me. So we got 600 pounds of massive men walking down this trail trying to catch this guy. As I'm walking past, I hear, hey, Josh, hey, Josh. And my percussion instructor from Bemidji State was sitting right there with his wife watching us run like hooligans past. We had lost the guy. He's gone. Oh. But my percussion teacher had just said, like, I haven't seen this guy in years. He said, hey, would you break away tomorrow and just, just come over? Wow. And so me and Jojo, man, my little prof- prophetic McGee, we go over to, to Greg's house. We're sitting down. His wife, Donna, comes over and says, hey, so what do you guys do with, like, LGBT people? Mm-hmm. You know, because that's like a hot button issue. Oh, yeah. And my response caught her off guard. I said, we love them. <laughs> We listen to him. We discern what Holy Spirit's doing. We respond accordingly. I'm not kidding you, Jeff. When I said that, rap at the door. Josie's in the next room playing on my phone. She says, somebody's here. Mm. And so Donna goes to the door and there's this kid and his mom. And this kid had wiped out in the driveway the, the day before in Greg and Donna's driveway. He got all scratched up and stuff. And so... So uh, she brought him in and put oils on his face and stuff. And the mom, who was transgender, yeah, yeah. Uh, dressing up like a man, yeah. brought this boy back to thank her. And wow. so literally, Donna says, why don't you come on in? So they yeah, come yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. And I was just on break. I was just hanging out with my, with my instructor, you know. And uh, the boy was wearing two of our wristbands. We have a multicolored wristband. Yeah, yeah. You know, if, you, if you're listening, yeah, we, five colors. We talk about sin, death, love, faith, and life. And it's different colors he had two of them on i said buddy where did you get that thing he said i don't know is this like big tent thing or something and so (laughs) he came to our event and got some food or whatever and we just just uh i I just said has anybody ever shared what the colors mean and so we just got to talk about how the way uh, you know all of sin falls short of the glory of god that sin leads to death but God's provided a way through his love. You know, Romans 5, 8, the, the, you know, the, the thing God demonstrates his love yes. toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. Just simple gospel, Romans yep. Road kind of stuff. They sat there and they heard the whole thing. And uh, I just said, "How? but how can we pray for you, ma'am? Mm-hmm. And she said, I'd find out tomorrow. It was always, I find out tomorrow wow. if, I'm, if I need a knee replacement. And so we, I got to get on my knees and lay hands on her and pray wow. for this transgender woman. And, uh, she, I just said, how's it, how's it feel? She's like, it feels like it's just like a bunch of heat coming in there. And so the Lord was like working again, guy, like uh, they didn't drop to their knees and receive Christ, yeah, yeah. but there was a deposit that went forth. Time. And what it did for us, it, it, it strengthened my faith, my daughter's faith and my old percussion yes. instructor's faith. Cause it was just like, this was like a divine moment yep. that you can't make up. And yes. anyway, um, it's like one of the, uh, one of the things that it reminds me of too, when you say that, you know, they didn't have this profound thing. Like we have, we've seen the whole gamut. We've seen people turn us away. Yep. We've seen people have profound moments yep. and we've seen them have everything in between. Yep. My son and I went out, uh, last week, actually a little father, son fasting overnight together. And then we went to the mall and we, reached out to a couple people to see if they needed prayer, you know? Mm-hmm. And what I was explaining to him, I felt like the Holy Spirit was impressing on me that I said, 
Evan, like, just imagine that there's 10 steps in everyone's life where they need these 10 things to happen in order for them to finally get it. Like they yeah. finally receive the gospel. Of course, it's for some people, it's two for some type of 20. I don't know who knows, but I said, we might be step number six for this person. Yeah. We might be step number one for this person. Absolutely. Like literally the reject, the guy who rejects us, we're number one, or maybe we're number three for him. Mm-hmm. He's rejected three already, you know, but at some point we, we hit, maybe we get to be a part of number 10. Yes. Where, where we get to see this, this That's person it. give their heart to Christ. And yeah. so, so don't be discouraged if you, if you share the gospel, with somebody it might be step number one or step number three for them scripture is clear man one sows one waters but the lord's the one that causes it to grow dude this is guys evangelism if i can boil it down to one phrase it's your sowing seed yeah you are sowing seed so listen uh, you know josh this has gone like in my opinion just incredibly but it's been a little spontaneous and we've taken more time with this than we wanted to. Yeah. So I feel like we need to do two podcasts. So sweet. Yeah, man. So I feel like this one, you know, has been. We even got to the five fold. I know. You yeah. Know, yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's been really helpful for people to be able to hear these things. Yeah. Uh, so, but we want to get into some more of the story about how you and Megan actually transitioned into time to revive. Right. Uh, and there's so many stories connected with that. Uh, that people are going to want to hear yep. and we can get into the more of the details on that on another podcast. So, so really just, uh, if you're listening to this right now and it just came out, then we'll see, uh, next Tuesday, uh, with the next podcast, awesome. uh, time to revive part two. Sounds good. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast entitled time to revive. Did you catch what we said about needing a plan for sharing the gospel? Honestly, as I listened back to our conversation, this is the biggest takeaway. Truth is, if we don't have a plan to share the gospel, the chances of us talking to people about Jesus decreases to next to nothing. But when we take time to make a plan, our confidence grows and we begin to live out the incredible life God has called us to. In many ways, time to revive demystifies sharing our faith, as well as taking the fear out of it by reminding us that it's not our job to win people to Christ. It's only our job to open our mouths and share the truth. Also, if you're feeling led to consider supporting Josh and Megan Edwards, and I really would encourage this, head on over to timetorevive.com, click on team members and scroll until you find their names. There is a huge need. Okay, on our next podcast, we go deeper into the story of how Josh and Megan wrestled with the decision to join Time to Revive. I think you're really going to relate concerning how we try to hear the Lord on these types of decisions. So thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next Tuesday for another encouraging episode of the Pure Worship Podcast.